part two of episode 86 with Ryan J. Owens. Welcome to Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Dude, it, it journey, like, just, just how it's all unraveling from the kid who, you know, like, you know, Tony Hawk, the extreme sports, to this. I saw, yeah. that, I saw that one video, you know, uh, of the uh, uh, of the of the USA volleyball guy and, and the volleyball guy, and you're like, I want to be that. And then yeah, the Serbian, the yeah, Ser- the Serbian. Then then the going overseas in Europe. Now you're now you're there. You wanted to close closer to your dream. So was it always the Olympics, or is it like now I'm gonna live the pro dream? It stayed. It stayed there. And you know, I had no idea how. It's like how it's a national team. It's Olympics. Like how do you do they do they pick you? Do they call you? Do they like how does that work? I don't know. So I was like, well, I'm just gonna work it like I work everything else. And uh, I hit some bumps and some wow, some rough stuff happened in that two and a half years I stayed in Europe before I even returned back to America. And at the end of it, and another breakup, by the way. <laughs> um, I said to myself, uh, I had made some wrong turns, right? I was like smoking cigarettes now. I was smoking like 30 plus a day during a really stressful time. Like I had a girlfriend who was smoking and it just, it got terrible. Um, Still playing and training at a high level for where I was at. But um, when a contract ended because the team had done something really tricky in an only German contract, which I should have never signed, even though I got you know, uh, feedback from German national team players and other sports. I had people look at it. Everybody was like, no, this looks really legit. But one thing in there legally, and this is why contracts matter so much to me as an agent now, um, it got me because it put the responsibility on me for a visa and it gave the team an out if they knew they could screw that process up for me. And well, they did. They asked for a student visa instead of a work visa. I had no idea because you learn words when you're in Germany, like uh, to go to the the visa office, it's Auslanderbehörde. Like, what? You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't know what was going on. These old people in the office, they speak German and Russian. They don't speak anything else. So I would have to call the manager. He would do that. Long story short, I get fired from that team. There's this whole, like, thing in the newspaper. He's calling me a Sonnenkinder, which son child, imagine just use your imagination to what he's trying to say. And it's not a good way to say anything about somebody who's not white. Um, it was rough, man. And I realized again, why, why so many hurdles? I go to Czech Republic, uh, through this new agent that it was the first time I use an agent actually, um, because that German team I had found through beach volleyball in the summer in, in Germany. And this is all really important to understand why I chose to even go about trying to pursue USA in the way that I did. Because when I hit another wall in Czech Republic, because the team, I get there, I'm playing well, I have a better level than I've all, each year, I'm just like, boop, 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 boop. it's crazy with the level. I was just getting better and better and better. And I loved it. And um, I had a real contract. It was like real money that they offered me. Um, I get there and they're not paying me. They're not reimbursing me for my flight that I paid for, which I never let my athletes do by any, by any means anymore unless they get that money up front. Um, and then they weren't paying me. I was eating like freaking crackers and cookies and like muffins if I could even afford it, if the manager would just give me some of his change out of his freaking pocket for like two and a half months, bro. 
in Czech Republic. And I'm like, how could things get any worse? And then this breakup and then there's like dealing with issues of suicide, not me, but others and me, I'm, I have a huge heart, man. And when, when somebody's in pain, I'm in a massive amount of pain, you know, like, and I'm, and I'm trying to find ways to get them out of holes. And so it just dug me even deeper because I was already in a crappy place. I had like a, a freaking cardboard box for my table. <laughs> like the top of my table was a cardboard box in my house because these schools hadn't given me anything. And they just assume you should play volleyball at the highest level still. And when I wrote the agent, he was lazy and didn't take his time and just forwarded the email. And I got fired because I was passionate in that freaking email about how I'd been screwed, the dates, the money, everything, what I was feeling and who, who in any management is going to want to read that, let alone what I wrote. And who, who, who as an agent sends that as a representative of a play man. And when I left Czech Republic, after two nights of sleeping on a tile floor in the bathroom that was no bigger than my arms could stretch out in the dead of winter and no heat in that bathroom and like huddled up around their, their sink because the, the pipe was a little bit warmer. And I'm, I'm not even joking you right now. This was crazy. And I was only in that flat because they had kicked me out of my flat, took the keys. And the Danish guy on my team who was married and who had a newborn child, literally, in his apartment, which was tiny, they were all in the bedroom slash living room slash kitchen. <laughs> and I was in the bathroom, you know, and because it was the only other place I could be and they were so kind to even let me come. I realized in that moment, no, this, this, I'm, I'm going to the national team. I am, I am getting to that level because I know if I get there, all of my problems will be solved. Like that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And so I finally make it back to Germany. <laughs> Money-wise, I had to figure that out. Then I make it back to America. Um, and I got to work. I said like, okay, I'm gonna put together all these videos that I always, I was crazy about videos, by the way. I will say that I knew that the only way to prove my worth was to show it on video. And I learned that from those coaches, right, in college. And so I was always just like, give me video, give me video, give me video all the time. I was the most annoying person, so incessant with my requests for videos, but it paid off because I then could take that video. I got home, I made a tape. Um, when I was looking up for the coaches for USA Volleyball, how do I get in touch with these people? Obviously, I've become a pretty good researcher by now. <laughs> like, I find this newspaper report or online article from USA Volleyball that Doug Beal has now stopped coaching the national team and now it is a guy named Hugh McCutcheon. And Doug is going to take over the CEO role. He's a legend in volleyball. And this new coach is coming from an amazing background and like BYU and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, change a coach. I should write him. He's going to be thinking, how do I build? He'll be open, right? I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to, I'm going to do it. So I write him an email. I try to call. I send him the mail with the video and everything. And I always put first like, how high I could jump because it was my best attribute. It was always like, I jump like this. And then blah, 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 blah. Um, here's my video from Europe. You know, I've had some struggles, but I feel like I still show something really promising. Man, I come home one day uh, to my friend's mother's house, my mom, uh, in Evanston, Illinois. And she's like, did you hear? And I go, no. And she goes, you need to listen to the messages. 
So she's like, but don't screw it up. Just play it. Don't delete it. Don't and like, <laughs> so I play it and it's Hugh McCutcheon on the phone going pretty much, you know, Hey, and he has this very slow way mm -hmm. of like, speaking and you're like so you're always like oh come on man and so he goes you know we saw your video uh we got your your mail uh it's interesting and we'd like to invite you out for a tryout for team usa and it's an unofficial tryout but uh we're gonna invite some guys out we're gonna use this period in time um march april to evaluate who might be out there and what you sent us definitely looks interesting so come on out or give me a call back, right? So we can we can get you out here. And I was just like, oh, what? <laughs> so yeah, dude, I, I went out um, and I trained. I guess I, I, that that was a that was a crazy journey because I, I I trained with them. There were a lot of young guys there. Everyone, everyone there was from D one colleges. Um, they whittle. I didn't realize how it was going to even work. So whatever we train we were playing we're at the olympic um training center in colorado springs colorado amazing because i felt like i was born in greeley colorado which is a really smelly mining town up north in colorado but like i always felt like colorado and me vibes so i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna get this because it's in colorado and i had spent that time in colorado and i wanted a re a redo right because durango in colorado that went terribly wrong for me in some ways emotionally so i wanted this to be different and uh, I make it through the tryouts. Let's just fast forward. I get to the, the moment where we're having the meetings. I'm nervous. There's no word for this. There's no word. I'm just like, oh my God, this is it. This is it. If I don't make it, like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm going to have to go back to pro and work harder and blah, blah, blah. But like, I got to make it. I got to make it. I feel good about this. And I sit down in the meeting and Hugh McCutcheon, and the other, the assistants are there. Ron Larson is there, who is another big person from volleyball from the men's side for us. And uh, they go, well, you made it this far, right? And I go, yeah. <laughs> what the F does that mean? <laughs> and uh, they're like, you, you're interesting to us as an opposite. You've done really well. I feel like you've, you've, you've made some big improvements, you were saying. Ron's like, yeah, you definitely, I work a lot with you too. So I see a lot. You're physically, you have a lot and you work really hard. You're obviously very passionate about this. This is kind of a tribute to sometimes it got pretty close to emotional for me. You know, I, one time I did have a really emotional talk with Hugh about my love and passion for the sport. So I, I knew that they got that I was pretty sensitive dude. And so I'm like, man, will you guys like literally say what is happening? So they go, all right, well, how do you see yourself being on the national team? I was like, oh my God, this is a question. Like, I've thought about this, right? I've thought about this for a long time. And I was like, Brian, do you say it? Do you say it? Do you say it? Do you say it? And I'm like, oh God, I'm so nervous. I was like, okay, I'm going to say it. But what if I say it and they, they don't, they're like, no way, you couldn't be on the national team. Because for me, I heard that question, like, whatever you say is going to make our choice or not. That's what I was hearing when they said it. So I was so nervous. My God, I never had to say what I wanted, how I saw myself with some program of such an incredible level, right? And so I go, to be honest, guys, I love opposite. I love playing it. It feels natural to me. 
but I've always seen myself as an outside hitter. Like if I could close my eyes and work towards something that would be massive and hard to do and just why I love this sport, it's outside hitter because you have so much responsibility on the team. And it's not like I want to be that person who's like, you're the man and you're so responsible for, no, I want that challenge of just how do you balance all these different skills that you have to do in that one sport? Like you literally have more things to do than most other people, right? Cause you're a passer, you're a digger, you're, you're a stability for the team. You hit all around the court. They looked at me and they go, good thing you said that. Cause we feel like there's not enough room for opposites. So we think you would make a great outside hitter. Right now, you'd be around a sixth or seventh outside hitter for us. They take five to the Olympics. So he said, basically, that puts you in our roster of 24. Oh, snap. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, it, was, it was so nuts, dude. I was just like, oh. I was, I was like, man, guys, not going to lie. I was so close to just being like, am I going to cry? Am I going to laugh? Am I going to be excited? Like, so, yeah. Like that just brought all of that back for me. So I, I, I trained with them and it, did, it just didn't work out. You know, like, you know what the funny part is and why I work so hard with athletes right now on emotions and, and mindset. I always played my best volleyball outside of the USA volleyball gym. I was so nervous all the time. So much pressure on myself to excel. So much pressure to be great, to be like the other players. But that's not me. I'm like, I'm so unique in the way that I play and what I do and, and what I bring to the sport. My art form, why wouldn't I do that in the USA gym? Why would I try to put myself in a box? I'm pissed at myself to this day that I kept doing it. And I'm lucky that I got one last shot and I made that team and I made a travel roster finally. I went to Pan Am Cup. First serve of the match that I get in, I get an ace. Trust me, I was nervous as hell wearing USA jersey. I think that's why I got the ace. I'm not even lying. Because the ball had some extra juice on it. <laughs> like, um, but it just goes to show that, you know, I'd play as a pro. I wouldn't be nervous. I'd be nervous, you know, leading into matches, excited, whatever. But when I was playing, man, I was, I was, oh, my God. The flow was ridiculous when I would be playing. You know, I felt so good. When I was at USA, I could never find that flow. There were sparks, but I mean, never like consistency. Was it almost because like you value the opportunity so much that it just, they, they, they yes. just weighed. For me, it meant everything, bro. I can relate because like when I, when I ran at Oklahoma, my freshman year, I was cut from the team. So my, my, my sophomore year, each track me, I had so much anxiety because I was like, man, if you don't run fast enough, you may get cut again. And and so and and what I did each meet I ran trash because I I just thought about every step because I was like man you got to make this work so for you it was almost like that same thing I got to make this serve be yep. the best serve ever and just flow that way you start you start you like exactly and you're he's doing this hand movement if we if you don't see the the video. <laughs> It's like you were, you're running and it's a flow, right? It's like this, basically. If you break down a run, it almost looks like a circle. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a loop. And you're just like super choppy. It's like you're a robot trying to walk. And you know, that's how I found myself sometimes. I was, so, I, was, I was so limited and closed because of the anxiety that I felt. But the passion that I had was just driving me over the edge 
because I wanted it so bad that now I'd start doing crazy stuff, you know, like mm. just mistakes would be like, what? And then I would drive myself even deeper. And I didn't know how to manage those emotions. I didn't know how to manage the anxiety, the fear, um, because they are things you need to manage. They're not things you eliminate. They're always going to be there, right? But it's what you do with what is there. And so for me, yeah, it was just, it became this whole thing of, when I finally first year overcame the, the nerves, really, I was nervous. I was so nervous because then Reed Pretty was there. He was like one of my idols. Okay, not gonna lie. He was like the dude for me. I was like, I want a game like Reed Pretty. And so when I was in the gym with him or Clay Stanley, who when I saw his serve when I was in Greece on some tryout and I saw him serve like six aces in a row against like a crazy good team full of Olympians. I was just like, what? You can do that. Like, I know, I feel like I could do that someday, but I just saw it happen. So that means that I could do it. I couldn't do that stuff there, you know? And I, every once in a while I'd have a server and that's one of my strong points where everybody'd be like, damn, you know? And then it'd be like, I'd hit the, the pole. You know, it's like, mm. or almost hit a coach. It, it was just like I was a loose cannon and I couldn't understand why. And I'd go back to my room and I'd just be like, feel like the worst. So yeah, fast forward, man. I, I after that first summer, when it came to a point, I, I tell this story a lot to, to players when, when we're in certain situations. Tom Hoff was from Illinois. He's from Chicagoland. One of the best middle blockers ever to play our game. I really looked up to him because A, he was from an area that I was from and B, because he was just like the epitome. Like he was so professional, so elite, his approach to everything. I mean, this is a dude who would stay after our, you know, triple sessions during a day and he would work alone because I was always stretching forever. People give me crap for this, but I think it helped me in the sport. I would always be the last one there stretching. It wasn't on purpose. It was just how I did it. And so I'd watch Tom Hoff and he'd be like doing this first step of this black move to his left. And I remember asking him when he finished, I was dare not say anything while he's doing his thing. And he goes, yeah, man, I, we were looking at the numbers and I'm a milliseconds slower to my left than to my right. And those milliseconds we've like calculated, it could translate to X amount of blocks or blah, blah, blah for us if I could do that and against these teams where to the left, you're playing against the best attacker on the team. If I can block a few more of those balls over a tournament or a match that translates to wins for us, you know? And I was like, what? (laughs) You're sitting here like working on your step for milliseconds. Like what? I was just like, you know, this is the people that I'm around. So at that point it became when the nerves were out uh, or the nerves were there, uh, Tom Hoff was in the training and I'm, I'm just overwhelmed, bro. I'm, I'm underwater. I feel like I'm, I feel horrible. I made some mistakes. Things were going well, but then they went terribly wrong and I'm making stupid errors. And now I'm withdrawing. I'm withdrawing into myself. I'm withdrawing from everyone else. I'm, I'm, I'm a stone wall. I look like an asshole, you know? And, uh, yeah, Tomahoff like literally just stops the training. He's like, Hey, everybody stops. I had no clue this was coming. Cause I was in my own universe. Mm-hmm. 
self-destructive as hell, you know, feeling like I meant nothing and that I could give nothing. Man, and he just lays into me. I was not freaking expecting it. And he's like, hello. And I'm like, what? He's like, oh shit, he's talking to me. Are, do you want to be here? Why, why, why are you here? What are you, what are you even doing right now? Why does it look like you're the only person in here who doesn't care about what we're doing? And I was like, thinking inside, are you kidding me? Like, this means so much to me. This means more than, than everything, you know? I want this, I want this not even for me. I want this for everybody because I love the people that I'm around in this environment. For me, it meant everything. And I'm, I'm not saying shit. I'm not saying anything. And he just goes, he just starts getting more and more and more and more intense, bro. Like, I mean, holy crap. I've never seen him aggressive. He was so pissed. And he goes, if you can't effing respect what we're doing here, you can get the F out of this gym and you can walk yourself back or go wherever the F you came from. And that was hard for me because I was from where he was from and mm -hmm. blah, blah. He didn't even know that. He didn't know how I looked up to him and whatever. And I realized in that moment, like, I was just like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're right. I was just, I, I, I want to be here. I'm just, I'm, I feel really crappy because of the mistakes. And he goes, well, we all make mistakes. So let's go play like you're part of this team because that's why you're here. And I was like, whew, sweating. I'm sweating right now even telling the story, bro. Like it was, whoo. I went back to my room. I probably shed some tears that night for sure. Um, and I realized, holy shit, there's a whole part of me and what I do and what I'm doing and what I could be that involves me understanding how to manage myself and not take away from other people. Because the moment I stop, I start mismanaging myself, I am literally taking away from Olympic dreams. Literally. Every moment that I spend with my negative feelings and my negative thoughts and my blah, blah, blahs, I'm literally subtracting from the team's vision, the team's goal, and I couldn't have it. And it was a wake up call for me. And I changed, <laughs> oh, I changed. And it wasn't easy, but like my, my, my perspective changed. And so I flipped on a switch, which was, if error is happening, whatever, shake it off, suck it up, keep going hard. Do not stop going hard because if you stop going hard, Everybody else in that gym loses out on something because you have stopped their opportunities in those moments by limiting yourself and limiting them because you did that. So the rest of my USA journey became more like me just being way too passionate and, and not understanding how to rein that in and really dial in on what I was doing great because I would train really well. You know, there were days where I'd be in the gym and we'd do a whole scoring system and I'd be a top one or two opposite uh, when I, this year four that I was back or year three, even, and I'd be like, Oh my God, I'm like leading in points. This is crazy. Cause yeah, Clay Stanley, yeah, these other guys, I'm like, this is nuts, you know, and it'd be really cool. But then it would be like this fear of, uh, success, right? This fear that I actually will do it. It was just like, Oh my God, I'm almost there. I am doing it actually. And then I screw myself up. So it was just nuts, man. So this is why psychology, emotions, all of this stuff for me, and I see it as an agent, like players, we screw ourselves up and we don't know so often. And the biggest 
thing is just to start being aware. Dude, there's so uh, many like I just go into rabbit holes. No man, this, this episode is so good just because it hits a lot of a lot of points that I think any athlete from no matter if they're high school or college or pro can relate to because that cycle of getting in our head is it just it, yeah it 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 it, it can kill a dream. It killed the dream. Yeah, I, I it killed mine. Like I think, like it came like you know being the D one athlete because I could not like it practice like you were saying. You know, I was killing it. You know, I would have time to be like this, this kid really walk on. You know, the, the lift, the run, and then I get to a meet and you'd be like, yeah, he's a walk on. You know, yeah, and yeah. And, 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 and then you feel that right. Yeah, because you're like you're like man, do I deserve to be out here? Do I yep. do am I really worthy of having this? sooner logo on my chest you know like do i mm-hmm. like am i worthy of this this coach really see value in me and then you start thinking about this every single day and then it just adds up to the practice week and you're like you know then it just cycles and just mm-hmm. so I, I get what you're saying for sure yeah no you're right i i do like that that takeaway is huge you know like that it's it's crazy that our minds can conceive that dream but also demolish that dream mm-hmm. How intense is that to think about? And when you know that it starts and ends with you, that's it right there. Mm-hmm. That's everything. It starts and ends with us. Everything. That's crazy. So, so going on that, you kind of have this now foundation of knowledge. How did you take this knowledge and say, all right, I want to help other athletes. I want to help other volleyball players and start, you know, the, the agency. Yeah, well, that was actually great because uh, I talked to Reed Hall. I talked to or, or I talked to all these guys at the national team. Like honestly, whether it was Dave McKenzie, David Lee, uh, Clay Stanley, the Setters. You know, like I mean, I talked to everyone through meals and and walks and and after trainings and whatever, asking them about agents and how they you know go about things. And I realized when you're at that level, you get other opportunities and doors just because you're at that level. Even I was starting to see it, that I was getting interest. Like, and I'm still the same player that I just was a few months ago, you know, Mm -hmm. but um, now with that kind of brand on me, boom. And so a, that's a lesson for the future for me, for the business is branding and association. That's really important about what I'm trying to do with the agency. But I learned through asking all of them, what agents can I trust, man? I've been screwed by agents in these ways and I don't even understand like why why is it is, doesn't it help them if I'm successful <laughs> they get commissions off of what I do so how is it and they're like because it's a numbers game it's like that guy in the bar that you know is just going to go talk to every single girl because that's his that's his thing I'm just going to use a numbers game and and statistically I'm going to probably have more success if I talk to more people and so that's how a lot of agents work. They just go, I'm going to get a bunch of athletes. Some of them are going to be on my list. A lot of them won't be on my list. I'm just going to shuffle around, shuffle around. And I'm going to say that I have them first. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this because I want more money. And I want to get it an easier way. At the end of the day, I don't care what any of them say. It comes down to what, will I, and what am I willing to give up so that I can get up? I don't want to do all of this other stuff if I don't have to. And so when I realized that they were just like, man, I use like two, three, sometimes four agents. 
I was like, what? I was like, do you trust any of them? And they're like, not really. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like I was just, I was shocked. And Reed Hall actually gave me a person. He was like, I got a guy for you. He's actually an Olympian, a different sport. He's a lawyer past the bar in California and in his home state while he was training. And I understood anybody understands that, you know, if, you, if anybody's met a lawyer or law student, you know how hard the bar can be and how stressful they talk about it. So, you know, it must be super hard, you know? And so Callie is like evidently number one or number two in the country for difficulty for the bar. And this dude did it while training as an Olympian. And so I was like, sounds like my kind of guy. Yeah. So I reached out to him and uh, man, the, that turned into elite volley because the first situation was he was already helping players do sponsorship deals, right? The contracts and things like that. So he got into that side of the business. He was a super business minded person, which I've always been for me. It's always been business psychology movement. These are my passions, right? And movement generally in nature. So this is why I love beach volleyball more as like a, an idea of a sport than I love indoor because I'm outdoors. I love it. I'm so passionate, which is crazy because I haven't played as much of it. But I knew in California, this is one little caveat to that story. Sorry. I was playing beach volleyball and I realized, Ryan, don't get attached. Don't get attached. Keep it, keep it casual with beach because you're in love with indoor. Don't screw it up because I could see that outdoor was like crazy cool. I was like, I could be such a cool, like, I don't know, like such a cool figure in this sport because I knew that I would be like an outlier, A, because of my background. And I knew that I could be me. I could feel myself a personality on the beach. I can't feel that indoor as much. So anyways, fast forward back to them. It was just like, what? He introduces me. He's like, I'm in the business. I'm doing these things. He didn't say I'm in the business. He talked about what he was doing. I was like, that sounds amazing. Actually, that's how I could use the most help. Like you help these few national team players with their contracts. I feel like I'm good enough at finding teams that you don't even need the teams. I could find them, but I need somebody to negotiate and handle the, the stuff that I don't want to do. Right. And that I shouldn't do because an athlete should be able to just be an athlete and focus on it but they should understand how everything works that I knew. So he said, yeah, man, we worked together for man, like in three months, I found three different jobs. One of them was because of national team and Hugh, I will say that the Puerto Rico one. And then how things unfolded, he was just like, man, I, we need to talk. And he, un, he like unboxed this idea of having an agency and I kind of infused my thinking on it and was like, man, we're so aligned. We're like 90% the same in terms of what we want to do. Only I think that this extra little thing will push us over the top to be somebody who really can change the game in the future. Um, and I was missing some parts. He was missing some parts. I learned that after... Uh, I bought the business from him a few years later. We were amazing together. He handled all things on the admin side. He taught me a lot about diplomacy and how to speak to people with business emails and things where I would be emotional. Like, what? You don't want to do what? Like, I'd be, you know, I'd feel like that player who got screwed every time a team would say something or do something. And I'd want to respond like that. And he would help me to 
you know, craft my, my way of speaking to them so that, you know, we could get that job done. And, and that's helped me a lot because now I can do that for our players, but I still feel right. Mm-hmm. I still feel like I would never forward an email like that guy did. I would never say I'm going to do one thing to a player and then go behind their back and try to do something else. I would never do stuff like that. And so I, I prove it and I make sure that I have systems. Yeah. Because I've been there and I don't want to be that player. So what I did learn though, uh, after starting the agency, so 2006, we started officially in January. I had just moved to, to Greece after Brazil. Um, and fast forward, I think about two and a half, three years, we split. So that's around 2000, what, what are we at? Six, nine-ish, right? Because he's going to go to the Olympic committee and do some work there. And obviously you can't be an agent if you're working for an Olympic committee um, or own any part of a business that is. I move two years later, I have a transition period. I'm playing really great volleyball still. I'm getting better and better and better. I can see, I'm like, I know I'm not even national team right now, but that's how I got back to the national team because every year I just kept getting so much better in our leagues. So 2011, all things come to a halt. Um, It was kind of like the final nail in the coffin for me because my Greek team at the time was Champions League. I had the best season of my career at that point. Like, and I felt like I wasn't even touching my potential. I really just felt like finally I figured out things that I needed to now take it to another level even, um, which would be, I would call an Olympic level. I was at a very high pro level and I feel like the next step for me was just like overdrive, right? Mm. Become a real Reed Pretty, a real Clay Stanley or whatever. So they didn't pay me a bunch of, of payments. I have become a pretty mentally tough, we hear this a lot, athlete, emotionally tough. We don't really hear as much, but I had become more tough. But um, I didn't realize how much of that was was like basically uh, paper mache walls of tough. And they were about 60-something percent behind on my payments. Add that up from so many teams since 2002 that it screwed me in terms of like, the Belgian team paid me, uh, a Finnish team paid me everything. And like, I think one other team, bro, that's crazy. 2002 to 2000 and we're at, um, 2010 at that point. Dang. And I was just like, I can't even handle this. I mean, I'm every summer I go into a summer and I'm broke because these fools don't pay me and I'm always paying stuff back. And then I never had good money management skills. I will be honest about that shit. So I would, you know, the stuff I pay back and then I pay out money and now I'm in a hole. And it just, it was so hard for me. And when I realized this is all happening over again, I had gone into quarterfinals. I start, I raised my level from, um, at that moment I was the number one hitting percentage for a wing hitter in the league. And I was like top, I think six, and usually only middles are up there because it's you have less blockers and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, so I go into overdrive, into to playoffs. I'm feeling great. I'm like, this is championship year. We've been number one for most of the year. We are gonna, we're going to kill these fools. We lost in the cup. I felt good even though the team as a whole didn't play well. It was, it was rough for us. Um, I was like, we can get them in the finals. Okay, team, uh, let's try to handle some business. Remember, I don't have my agent anymore. I'm handling stuff that I should not be handling. 
hey, let's negotiate like what would be for next year, blah, 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 because we're going to be Champions League probably, or at least CEV Cup. Let's up their money by this, let's blah, blah, blah. Let's, okay, you're going to pay this much money before this date of um, semifinals. And uh, we'll sign the contract before semifinals. Quarterfinals comes. I go from hitting uh, 58% on the season. In quarterfinals, I hit 68 or 69. It was insane. I felt amazing, dude. I think game one, game two, I hit like uh, over 70 both matches. And it was like, I couldn't even believe it. Like, I was just like, this is so cool. I feel so good. You know, thinking like all these things. Quarterfinals ends. Contract time. No contract. No money. Here's some breadcrumbs for money. A few thousand. And I was making good money at that time. So it was. And that didn't help me with anything, really. That money was gone already the moment he gave it to me. Because it was like, I need to give it to this stuff that I already owe for. Mm -hmm. Semifinals start. Okay. It's all right. It's a little blip. Play through semifinals. I play a great semifinals. I feel really good about it. Now our opposite, Brooke Billings, is lighting up too because he's a playoffs player. He says this himself too, but really he is. He's Man, he's incredible. He goes into playoffs and he just goes into hyperdrive. It's insane. Not even overdrive. So now we definitely win. Contract. No. Money. No. I literally start freaking out. I'm like, it's going to happen again. I'm not going to get my money. Uh, I haven't been working the agency as much as I normally do. I'm not going to have any kind of backup plan. I don't know what I'm going to do for the summer. I can't, I, I, I don't have anything for national team. What am I going to do? <laughs> and I start mind explosion, heart explosion. I played the finals, man. I think I played better volleyball in my tryout in high school. I could not do anything. I couldn't even understand what was happening. Like I was on the court and I was, I knew I was on the court, but the stuff that was happening, I had no clue. I was so disconnected. It was the most insane thing I've ever experienced. And I was just like, I felt so out of control. I couldn't get a kill. I couldn't block. I couldn't pass. I couldn't do anything. I can't even believe dude let me on the court for so long because he was shocked. You know, the coach, the coach this old Cuban coach. And he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and I'm just like, ah, I'm so sorry. I have no idea what's happening. And I'm starting to feel horror inside. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm, I do. Now I'm starting to get even more mechanical and whatever. We end the, the playoff series. I played the whole series. Terrible. Now, no contract for sure. Because now I'm like, okay, guys, you don't want to lawyer up. I'm getting my money. I'm getting everything, blah, blah, blah. I lawyer up. I do all of this stuff. Long story short, these fools dissolve. They, they file for chapter 11 or whatever the hell, bankruptcy. <laughs> and I spend a summer making mixed drinks. The summer of 2010 or whatever. I spent making mixed drinks on a freaking uh, Greek vacation kind of island. It's Halkidiki. Beer, I, I have like free living, sheets on the bed, no real anything in the apartment. I'm lucky to have it. I feel lucky to have it. I'm eating lentils every freaking day that I can make because it was the cheapest thing I could buy. And then taking a couple free souvlaki, chicken souvlakis every once in a while from the people I was working for. That was, my, that was my thing. I had one kettlebell with me and I was just trying to stay in shape. What a horrible summer. What a, 
what a realization that I come so far and I had nothing, you know? And, 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 and the thing on that too, is like everyone thinks pro athletes have it made, but yeah. they don't, but they don't see, they see like the, the 2% of like the NBA, the NFL type stuff. But they don't realize yeah. there's another, another, another 98% of athletes that are overseas, volleyball, X, Y, Z. You're, you're just trying to make it sometimes. You are, man. You're grinding, you know? It's so often I, I see that the people, they always see the, the glamour or the, what they want to see in it. You know, it's like, oh, you live overseas and blah, blah, blah. And you're in this amazing place. And I'm like, it doesn't matter where you are. If you don't feel good, if you don't feel healthy. I mean, body, mind, spirit. What do you have? Mm-hmm. What do you have? You know, so I, I decided at that moment, I was like, I need, I need to, I need perspective. First, I need a place that's super cheap because I can't afford anything. I'm, I'm going to find that place. And I, on the list was Serbia. <laughs> I looked up costofliving.com. I compared it with everything. I was like, wow, yes, that is the place. They didn't have EU visa restrictions and all of this stuff. And I said, like, I'm going. I got across the border barely because these fools didn't give me a working visa again. And they did some, like, pay the guy off at the, the border, have them stamp do that a couple times. And so when I was leaving, I was overdue because I spent that whole summer trying to get my money, which I never got because they filed this uh, chapter 11 bankruptcy, whatever, 13, I don't care. Um, they're like, you need to pay us X amount of money to cross the border into Serbia because you don't have a work visa. And I was like, guys, listen. And by this time, I'd become like really good with Europeans because I, I know the world, right? I've just been over here for so long. Long story short, I get through. My brother Chris was with me again because he had come to visit me and I told him, like literally on his flight over, I think connecting airports, I was like, so new plan, you're coming here, we're gonna spend a few days here and then we're going to Serbia. (laughs) He was just like, okay. (laughs) So they had me in the office for, I don't even know, half an hour or something trying to get money out of me. And I was like, guys, this is just not gonna freaking happen. Like basically, um, you're gonna let me go. Um, because if you don't like this will turn into worse situation because yes, you are right. But do you really want to deal with all the paperwork of, you know, the U S embassy and, and dealing with this shit? And I had to pull the card. I pulled it because I just needed to survive, bro. I mean, I never like to do anything like that, but I was like, I got to get across this border. I need to get to Serbia. I need to freaking reset. Right. So I get over there and what I realized in the next year or actually in the next like few months in Serbia, I realized right away, A, I'm staying. That was for sure. Belgrade was incredible. I was like, this city is so dope. It's so like beaten down, but it's so beautiful because you'd walk into buildings that look horrible. And you'd be like, what? I didn't even see a place like this in America. This is incredible. So interior design, the thought they put into stuff, it's great. Um, I realized what people really go through when they struggle when I was in Serbia, when I saw the kids and what the, how they train and how they're treated and how they're cattle, basically. And I realized that on a global scale, that's how athletes are. We're basically the crop for whoever's growing us, right? And they feel like they own us. And they're gonna do everything to sell us for top dollar. And I realized what people will do to others, people, other people's dreams and goals and things they don't even know about, opportunities they will smash So those people never know they have them. And I realized that, nope, how I was going about the agency and how I was doing everything has got to change. I got to flip everything. Education for athletes has to happen. 
And it's got to be education about opportunities, how to use sport as a vehicle in your life, no matter what the hell happens. Injury, you're not good enough for this next level, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then the business side of things. How do you promote yourself? How do you get yourself to teams? How does, what's your image like? Even as a high schooler, how do you look as a player? Are they going to perceive you wrong because of X, Y, Z, club, college, pro, national team, all of that stuff was in my mind. And then on the other side, I was just like, okay, foundationally, how do we get them through this emotionally, socially, mentally, physically? And I, I was like, okay, beyond athletic. That's, I've, I've got to make a platform. I was listening to podcasts already. I was like, I'd like that platform to develop into something special in the future. I'm still working towards that. But I want Beyond Athletic and that idea of education to be basically the fuel behind my agency. And that I cannot limit that to only our athletes because trickle down, right? When I was at the national team, the stuff I learned at the national team, I was like, wait, you've known this for how many years? I was like, I, I never heard of this. Like D1 athletes I know never even heard of this type of stuff. Stuff to deal with your body and mind and blah, blah, blah. Like I was like, how, if this is known, why, how, I was just lost. I was just like, you know, so that's when I, I decided, no, I got to go this route. It's going to, so I changed everything. Literally, uh, I think five years ago now was the first thing i got to throw a shout out to the girl who was my first guinea pig melina terrell she is now the best uh one of the best players in france um she's ranked as the number one scorer right now what a story dude she came to me long email she's a long story person like me she wrote me a book i didn't even read it for weeks because i was just like dang this is crazy long and when i finally read it and i contacted her i was like i'm in i was like but you have to be my guinea pig for how i build an agency that is based on mentorship and education with all of the other elements that we bring to the table that I know are extremely high level and valuable. And we did it. So yeah, we're here now. <laughs> it's crazy. Yo, Ryan, the journey, man, like, like going, like going into like, like I heard like your voice method that we had on, had on Instagram, whatever. And I was like, be cool story. But, but hearing you unravel the whole journey, man, it's, it's just yeah. like, it's it's it to me it's cool to hear it because it, it just shows the mentality right of like the athlete mindset and just to say like i may hit a wall and it may knock me down for a second i'm gonna get back up i'm gonna find a way around it and and, and like and like and i don't, I don't know all your, all your personal details that you, that you went through but like during that time in high school to college but it just seems like you've always just said i'm not going to be down for too long and dude, and yeah. that, that, dude, that, that's powerful, man. Yeah. For yeah, for me, man, it was, it was, it was like, uh, I remember I said this earlier, it was about necessity, right? Mm -hmm. This um, finding ways, finding, you know, opportunity, like uh, creating opportunity even sometimes. Like that's what I, our goal really with Elite and Beyond Athletic and everything that I'm doing, it's about like not only finding opportunity, but creating opportunities. And you have to do that out of necessity because mm -hmm. at a basic level in order for us to truly be happy we have to be we have to be so solid in who we are and know who we are we don't even need to know what we want and these things we just need to know who we actually are so that we don't give up those things along the way 
so that we can get to wherever we're destined or whatever you want to say or whatever to be. And I think that that's why it was like that for me, you know, the, this stuff happened for me and my father, the, that was what happened between high school and college. Like it was a split that was, you know, life defining, like for us, for me, it was, uh, we're done, you know, and I split routes with a father who raised me my whole life as a single father. Um, it was a very hard decision and it's still hard, man. It's hard not to have a, a family, you know, like I don't know my mother really. I, I don't know where my father is and I'm not like, I'm sad because of that, but that, that makes me um, strong, but also weak. Right. And I think that that's really important. And that necessity of having to search for who the hell I am and what I want and how I'm going to get it you know, and not wanting to settle. what be, yeah, not even, you don't even like, I don't even know what settling look like. Like, what does that look like? Do I get it? Okay. I have these jobs. What's that going to look like? It's going to look like the same thing and getting more and more bored and unhappy with my life because I'm not fulfilled because who I am is an explorer. You know, who I am is someone who wants to champion everything that he does. Even if I didn't get to the Olympics, I'll tell you what, uh, I can name one other person who was NAIA or JUCO who even made it to the national team and made it on that 18-man roster, which I made and I'm so proud of. And then who went on to the Olympics, like in America, I can only name one person and that's pretty incredible what he did, Riley Salmon. But I'm so happy that I got as far as I got. And I know that the only reason I didn't get further with all of those hurdles, right? Imagine all of those people, the coaches, agents, uh, team management, other players, myself. Mm. I was the defining factor. That's the only reason why I didn't make it, you know? And I know that difference, and that's powerful. Therese Crawford is another person you've got to talk to. Sure. It's been like eight, nine years with the national team, right on the cusp, right on the cusp realized after why she didn't really truly make it so many reasons going through her head and beliefs and whatever but at the end of the day we both this is why we're so close too we both get it and life taught us we life taught us hard man you you learn big lessons you hope without losing out on what you want really want right Mm -hmm. and i did lose out on that because i lost it because i let go I let go of the, the, the opportunity because when I had it, I didn't utilize it the way I should have, right? It's not I let go because I gave up. I think this is just so important. Necessity is, is everything. If you, if you want to have a happy life, then you need to figure out a way to do whatever you need to do, period. It's all on us, the first person in the mirror. Yeah. I, I love what you're doing, by the way. Not even about me, man. It's about athletes like you that come on that to keep it real and keep it authentic because I know, like, for me, I have that feeling sometimes of, like, man, of what could have been. If, if, only, if, only, if only I would have known or, or, or say, or if only if I would have heard your story when I was a freshman in college about how, yeah. you know, it was, it was your mental that, 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 that held you back sometimes. I could have heard that and kind of realized, yo, I could have maybe been, maybe, a four, a four by one relay and in, in, in scored a big 12, you know, 
and I and I want to help give a place where Abby can just hear realness and just doesn't just like you know it doesn't have to always have to be the the NBA superstar the NFL superstar we can hear stories like yours and say related to our journey and once we all yeah. do that it just trickled down to you know like how that one player made it from your, your journey and then we just keep doing yeah. the same effect and we all just come together and just say yo man I achieved my version of greatness so props to you for coming on and sharing your journey and with Elite Volley and all you're doing and yeah this was like a two-hour interview man I love it yeah that's nice. <laughs> you're gonna have to break this up bro <laughs> yeah we'll make it work it's gonna be, it's gonna be some good stuff but um but I guess but I definitely want to talk more to you about like ways we can collab and just and, and like and help out any way I can to share your athlete stories and what they're doing because in the day volleyball I've learned to like, talking with like swag is how you know it's it's a sport that's so tight knit and it needs to get showcased more on a larger scale because it makes no sense how we have no no pro teams in the U.S. but every yeah. all the U.S. players go overseas and just like make up make up all the A teams. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nuts. Well, and it's wild because on that side, like these girls, uh, for instance, in Serbia, they're always thinking like, um, "That's what I'm speaking because that's where I am." But it's generally, it's like think about it this way: players will think of our volleyball like, "Oh, it can't be that good." Like, it's what USA College is not even pro. How do we have national team players? Where do they come from? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like that kind of thinking as a player, this is, I think, the, the biggest lesson I could even impart on listeners is awareness is everything. And it's not just self-awareness, it's social awareness. This external awareness is looking at something and going, okay, I'm seeing it like this, but if they're able to do the things that, if they were able to do what I wanna do, how did they do it? Okay, let me look at that. Oh, they go to colleges too, but they pick certain colleges. Why do they pick those colleges? How did they pick colleges? Then you start to really dissect things, right? And I think that this is important about what you do and what I do is awareness is everything. And there's a story and there are lessons from everyone. Mm-hmm. Even a rec ball person who is passionate about what they do and, and they have this journey, the awareness of the lessons inside of these things that happen along the way is the story. Those are the things that matter. And we're always looking for the quick fix sometimes. And you were talking about like, if I was back and I heard this and I'm whatever, and I'm the same way, I'm like, if I could just give, I do remember being back then and then hearing people say, if I could just show you blah, 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 right? I think the, the biggest thing is just, hey, you're going to hear all of these stories. What you've got to do is be aware and connect the dots. If you can listen to them, if you can start to dissect them, start taking these journals, start looking into yourself. Do I have this thing? Do I think this way? How would this look if I did this? Blah, blah, blah. Try to learn as much as you can about yourself. So have that self-awareness, but then you take that social awareness, bro. And you can go so far because then you see, okay, if they screwed up like this, maybe there's something to that. Let me make sure that if I'm going this route and if I'm going to risk there, I know that this is a potential hurdle for me. So I know how to get even through it. Maybe not even around it. Like sometimes I feel like the best way for a wall that's in your life is through that freaking thing. Like just you run on it straight on ahead and you know what's coming. You know that it's probably going to knock you on your butt and you got to get up and you got to hit it again. 
And if you hit it three times, bam, you're through it. You just saved three, four, five years of your life of trying to do something, and now you're through it. So it's just like, I think what you and I are doing is really special because it's the awareness, because we, we had a journey start and end, and we are still on another journey, mm -hmm. right? Where there's all these journeys within journeys. And it's, yeah, we become aware finally. This is, this needs to be known. Exactly. So thank you. Thank oh. you. I'm grateful for what you're doing. Oh man, props to you and grateful for you, man. So last question for you. So where, so where are you at social media wise? Where, where, where uh, find you? Ryan, J-A-Y Owens. If you type it into anything, you'll probably find me. I tried to do a really good job of keeping okay. it very, but uh, if you want to look up projects that I'm doing, yes, Beyond Athletic. Uh, if you're an athlete, um, head over to the Beyond Athletic community, this group on Facebook, if you type in Beyond Athletic um, community or group, but I'm sure you'll be able to link up everything. I hope you're in there. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in mentoring, things like that, you can jump in there as a mentor. Facebook has an amazing mentorship platform. They, they Have you seen it? It's incredible. No, I haven't seen it. I've heard so, about it, but I haven't dived into it. Yeah. It's once you sign up, right? to be a mentor or to be mentee you have once you click on somebody that you like everything's done through messenger it's just prompts that are like on a timed basis slash there hasn't been a lot of talk it'll send a little gentle reminder on what you could say because maybe you don't know how to mentor somebody it's amazing because it educates you on how to mentor people while you're mentoring people or it educates you on how to be mentored while you're on the journey so it's like so dope so i hope you jump in there and i hope anybody else jumps in there if they want to be a mentor or share something about you know that'll help or inspire players um that's what that group i want to build that community for for all of us uh, all sports man so that's where you can find me ryan j owens yo ryan man man appreciate you man and hey, and you enjoy budapest <laughs> I will. Thanks, man. Have a good uh, day. Sorry for uh, the 5.30 uh, a.m. wake up. Hey, no, I mean, it was all worth it, man. It was all worth it. Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.